everyone, and welcome to Tech Vines, the podcast where we take a little bit of technology, we pour in a little bit of wine, and we sprinkle in some stimulating conversation about technology and wine. I am one of your hosts. I'm Scott Delandy. I represent the East Coast contingent of Tech Vines, and I am joined by literally two of my favorite people in the whole wide world. We have Melissa Gurney Green. Uh, representing the Pacific Northwest. Hi, Melissa. Hi. And and we have uh, the one and only Mr. Colin Gallagher, who is representing the Midwest. How's everybody doing? Just doing well. Doing dandy. well. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> Good. Like I've been looking forward to this since like yesterday. So <laughs> I am uh, I am so psyched for this uh, for this this episode. Um, so the, the technology topic for uh, today is we are going to talk about Welcome technology to career advice. Host, um, Hold on a second. That is not okay. See? So tech, um, <laughs> ad, ad, advice number one, <laughs> classic Zoom mistake, right? Mute everything. So interesting. But um, so we're going to talk about uh, technology uh, career advice because uh, all three of us um, are pretty active in terms of you know talking to, to new talent coming in, helping doing uh, some recruiting, especially for younger folks that are in many cases you know taking their first like real full-time gig working for a, a technology company. So we've got a bunch of things that we want to talk about there. Uh, but before we do that, and almost more importantly, we have our uh, wine selection tonight. So tonight we went a little bit of a different direction because um, the last couple we've been going more towards kind of the higher end side of wine. So I thought we would mix it up for tonight and we would go with wine with the caveat being that it could not come from a bottle. So it could be a box wine, it could be a can wine, it could be, you know, something that, you know, came in a plastic bag, whatever, right? Uh, but the idea was to was to you know go out and take a look at some of the things that we normally wouldn't drink just because of the packaging of that, and to even to try it. So try something a little bit different. So um, let's go with let's go with Colin first um, because I want to make Melissa have to follow Colin because I'm sure Colin's put in all kinds of research on this. So so I was going to show you up because the technical definition for tonight was wine that didn't come in a glass bottle. Um, and so there is some great Georgian church wine that comes in clay bottles and clay vessels. Um, and I have a couple empty bottles here because that's so good, but I couldn't find any and get any um, in reasonable time, unfortunately. So I'll we'll have to save that for another one um, because I really wanted to talk about some Saparavi and Georgian wine. Um, but we won't do that. Um, so instead, I am doing wine from a can. I couldn't bring myself into a box. No, no shame in a box. Um, <laughs> Um, this is, it's a Frico, um, it's called Frico, but it's a Lambrusco grape, which is an old grape from Italy. And it is, um, it's served frizzante, which means slightly, slightly effervescent, but not, you know, not champagne style bubbles. And so it's actually, it's a, and it's a semi-sweet one. So it's actually a nice sort of summer red drink outside. So I have several of these. I'm going to be working my way through over the next week. So, yeah, it's really nice. They come in a – like it's a Red Bull size can, so what is that, 250 milliliters. Yep, so nice um, 
So would you so, recommend? Would you recommend? Totally. Yeah, I mean, totally. Particularly if you're going someplace and you know outside and it's going to be hot and you're in the right environment, and you don't want to have to carry a bottle or an opener. It's fine. I mean, like I said, the 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 effervescence is refreshing, and so it helps you know cool you down a little bit. And and again, the flavors are not bad. It's um it's fruity. It's, you know you know a little, I'd say you know raspberry and maybe um as I taste you know a little tart a little tart fruit. So probably some cherries in there. Um, but really, it's you know it's it's nice and fruity. It's, um, but it's it's light. It's good. Yeah, and so, I, I would probably I would drink this over some of the damn Pinot that we get in this country, but whatever, we'll shut up for that. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a that's a big oof. So you don't you don't feel you don't feel bad about doing it. It's it's not something that you yeah. know you because I'm sure you had some anxiety about. It. You're like, oh no no Scott, you know I me. Mean? I I like good wine, but I also like lots of other wines too, and I like exploring and, and tasting it. And you know, I, this was a, it was a good hunt for me to go out and find something and look at what's available in the boxes and learn more about box wine and learn more about canned wine. And so, you know, there's actually a lot of, uh, there, there are a couple of choices for canned wines and there's canned sparkling and other things like that, which were interesting. Um, and so I went with this one cause it, you know, I like my reds um, and um, you know, uh, Lambrusco is a great by no. And so it was interesting to, to try it in a different form and you know, it's fun. So you buy it again. I buy it again. Yeah. I buy it again. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What about you, Melissa? What do you got? What do you What are you rocking over there? I'm rocking a big old box. So ah, I got, nice. uh, <laughs> I'm gonna butcher this because I don't have a background in French, but I think it's VL Fermé, which stands for the, the old farm. Farm, yes. And um, it's a red, and it also comes in bottles. So, <laughs> but I'm in the right format here and I did a fair bit of research. So I tried Boda boxes and all of the top rated kind of box wines. And I've done a couple cans that, that I like and I'll drink, but, um, but I kind of did, I kind of made the rounds a little bit this week in my research, Nice. Um, trying to find something. And this is the best that I found. And I found it today. <laughs> so, How much? so, it was a bit of a journey. <laughs> how much? How much of the box do you have left? Um, most of it. So this box is a three-liter box. So that's, so that's the four bottles. Four bottles, wine. yeah. So, right. So there's a big, significant portion of this le left. I'm about two glasses in at this point. Okay. Okay. Um, it's been a big, big, big day and a big, big, big week. So yeah, <laughs> it's well, it's fun. It's light-ish. And, and a little fruity, more cherry than, you know, sweet fruit, which is nice. Um, and, and not, it's, it's a little sweeter than I usually go, but not very sweet. So more on the dry side. Right. So would you drink it again? Absolutely. I'd, I'd take this well, to you got, it's my a, that's old a, farm. That's a good, that's a good so, thing because you have like 3.78 yeah. bottles of it left. So Yeah, yeah. Like there are other boxes that I bought that are just going to be here for a while. Um, I might make sangria or something with one of them. But um, yeah, this one particularly is good because um, my brother and I have been talking about going to the old family farm for a while and having like a get together with his family and my family and doing the thing. And um, where it's at in rural Missouri, we don't usually bring anything glass. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, there's no trash service, so every all the trash we bring in, we take back they take out. out. So, right. um, so yeah, it's it's one of those that I would definitely take to the old farm. Excellent, excellent. So, the, well, that's good. So, I um, I'm actually drinking. So, I apologies to Colin, but I went with a uh, a Pinot Grigio, and it is in a can, and 
Um, I looked at, I was going down the box route and I started looking around and just trying to do some research. And the thing that I was afraid of is the fact that you buy a box and it's four bottles. And I didn't want to get like, you know, four bottles worth of wine just because that's an awful yeah. lot of wine to have sitting around. No one really drinks wine here other than, other than me. So I, I didn't, I didn't want to just get this whole big thing. So I started exploring uh, different cans and I, and I tried a couple and I have to honestly say I was not disappointed at all in anything that I tried in a can. I, I did like them all and just the convenience around the packaging. Now, you know, I get the fact it doesn't feel like a bottle of wine because you're not, you know, opening it up with a with a, um, you know, you don't have a cork bottle screw. opener. You don't have a corkscrew. So you don't have that that wine feel and that 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 pour. It, it definitely had kind of this, you know, Bud Light on the back of a truck sort of, you know, pop in the can kind of a kind of an effect. But the the, the taste, the flavor was great. This peanut. So the reason why I went with the, the Pinot for tonight is because I drink a lot of Pinot. Apologies again to, to Colin. No, 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 no. Be careful. I, I was, I was, dis, I was disparaging Pinot Noir, not Pinot Grigio. You were gonna get a bottle made out of clay just to be able to show us up and not have a box or a can. So let's, let's, you know, let's be honest. Here. Show you up to be clear. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I get it. Well, you, well, that's that's what happens when you let me pick the uh, the, yeah. the wine selection. But I did it because I can baseline this because I know what I like, I know what I don't like, and and honestly, if you just poured this and brought it out and didn't tell me it came in a can, I would be like, oh, this is really good. What is it, right? Yeah. And then if you told me it was a can, I'd be like, that came from a can. So pretty good. It's uh it's Crafters Union. Uh, so it's a it's a Californian uh, Pinot Grigio. Um, they have a couple of different um, other um, um, flavors. Um, all of them were great. This one definitely you can taste kind of the citrusy. Um, it's you know you, there's definitely this this lime taste and kind of stone fruit taste that you can you can definitely pull out of it. Uh, but it is it is very crisp and just from again a packaging convenience standpoint because I know I've gone out and you know locations out on the beach and you know well we'll have a glass yeah. of wine and you bring a bottle and it's kind of uh it's in, it's inconvenient to do that but you know knowing this I would definitely load this up and bring a couple of these at the end of the night and just kind of sit there so 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 good stuff good stuff um, okay. So that's the wine. We all did well, which is, you know, the whole purpose of this is to pick different things so that we have to do like research and spend time and just, you know, give us a little fun little project uh, to do as we uh, we prepare for the show. But the, the real kind of meaty discussion tonight is to talk a little bit about uh, technology career advice. And I thought there, so we started with Colin on the wine. I thought we would uh, start with Melissa because Melissa is constantly uh, recruiting because she works for this, you know, one of those really cool startups where you know you just can't find enough good people, and particularly within within you know her sector of technology, you're definitely looking for kind of the the true hardcore technologist, however you want to define that. I have my definition. We'll see how you guys define it. So so what what, what are you seeing, Melissa, as you're out there and, and talking to folks, and what type of advice? Um, are you giving people that you talk to? I would say first and foremost, if you're looking for a job, do your research. Like, if if you come at me for an interview, I will expect that you know the the company and at least at a base level what we do. I I would expect that you at least know the one liner for for most of our offerings. Now we have a small list of offerings for a place like Dell or. 
or HP or HDS, I would expect you to at least know the offerings in the division you're applying for, right? <laughs> but but when but when you're a company that offers six tools, I expect you to know the one-liners for those six tools at the very least, and kind of a bit about our corporate culture because it is out there, right? Mm -hmm. So so do your research first and foremost, and to help with that, get a mentor and find somebody to mentor. So let me ask you this, because I, I, I see that a lot, and I have a lot of people ask, you know, where would I go? So if I wanted to learn um, about, you know, the six products and have, have kind of the one-liners, you know, is it, is it the website? Is it, what, what, other, what other sources do you have? Because I know when, I, when, I, when I've talked to people, and it's clear that they've read stuff on, on the, the website, so they have kind of a, you know, a very sort of rudimentary understanding of, what the thing is, but they don't really have understand. They don't grasp kind of what the, you know, the practical application would be for that that piece of technology, right? They've memorized a couple of words around what it is, but they don't really understand what it is. So that's one of the things that I often, you know, struggle with, and that's one of the pieces of feedback that that I try to help with is okay. So if you're trying to kind of put this together and not just, you know, do like a Wikipedia research on this, but really kind of get your head around it. How would you do that? You would, you would ask the questions either, either of an interviewer or somebody in the industry yeah. or, or do more research. Um, for me, applying for the job at HashiCorp, knowing I didn't know the industry as well as I knew infrastructure, yeah. I did a ton of research. I'm not saying everyone should do research at that level. I don't think that's necessarily important. It depends on the level you're applying for. But but I was applying for a director position. I did all the research. I started at the website and then built from there. I went to Google and did Google searches on this stuff. I went to YouTube and did YouTube searches. I went to Twitter and checked the hashtags and saw what other people were saying. And I had I had a fundamental idea of the one-liners behind the tool and and a couple of points from that research to ask questions about. And it's not really about coming in and being like, I am an expert, I know all these things, no. Um, but what it does show is your commitment to, to learning the business and, lear and doing the work required to learn the business, right? Well, it's not it, about becoming an expert at all. Go ahead, Colin. It gives you enough groundwork to ask meaningful, intelligent questions. Oh, I mean, even if you come to, if you come at me, I'm going to use that and say, hey, I was reading about this and I don't understand the difference between these two technologies or why you're trying to sell this in this market. That shows me that you've put the effort in and you've actually, you know, versus, you know, hey, what is this technology? No, I mean, show me that you've done the first step and you've gotten to a point where you need additional guidance that you're, you know, a self-starter. Uh, and to, to your point, Melissa, you know, or to answer your question, Scott, you know, you can go out, reach out to people on LinkedIn, look at your network, someone who's worked there in the past, ask them questions, reach out randomly and post a question and say, hey, I'm, I'm applying here. What are the key things I need to know? Um, you know, in in interview, you know, informally with other people who may have worked there or may work in a, you know, different divisions, et cetera, and get a good handle on it. Because, you know, the more, the more you can sort of understand about the company, the better candidate you'll be in terms of having a meaningful conversation. And when I interview people, the number one thing I want to walk away with is I had a great time with this person. They have a great mind. They ask some insightful questions and they're not a schmuck, right? You know, they can walk chalk and chew gum. That's, that's sort of exactly. passing. That's passing, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. You, yeah, you can fail on other points. And if you get those, you're good. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess so. The, the kind of the path I was going down with with Melissa is that you know it's again you can when you when you talk to somebody and and you know you're talking about you know a particular technology, it, you know you kind of sniff out you know did you just memorize a bunch of words and you don't really know what that means or do you really understand? You, even if even if you know you're not a hundred percent accurate, if you can come in seventy eighty percent of of why something is the way it is and kind of what what we do. You know, I'll 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 give you credit for that, but but I guess the advice that I give is, and Colin kind of hit on this, is that it's really hard to go out and do kind of the research because in a lot of ways, especially if you're new to a particular technology and really don't understand it, you don't know what you don't know, right? So when you go out and you start looking things up and you start you know researching and you could spend hours and hours and hours trying to do this and and you may not, again, you may memorize a bunch of things, but you don't know what they mean because you don't you don't understand so my the advice i always give is is and colin hit on it is is to talk to somebody right find somebody that's out there and and have a conversation and just practice because there are questions that you might not want to ask at an interview because it might indicate that you're not prepared right so you know what is this thing that's full of flash drives and why does it cost so much money and why do people <laughs> actually pay that to do that is there is there some magic to it so you know, you're not likely to ask that during an interview, but if you could talk to somebody that's kind of in the industry and say, you know, why why do these things exist, right? Because I can go down to Best Buy and I can get, you know, I can get I can get these things for you know pennies per you know gigabyte, and and yeah. I don't understand, you know, what the, what the difference is. But again, that was that would always be my advice is to is to is to not research in a in a vacuum, but actually go out and interact and, and talk to people to kind of help get you. Not just you know the the memorization of, of what a particular thing is, but some real meaningful context that you can internalize and understand why this is such an important thing, right? Yeah, I called it a yeah. mentor, but it can be anybody. Yes, absolutely, a mentor. Yeah. <laughs> anybody can yeah. be a mentor in that kind of limited capacity, or or someone who who's at least a coach, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Again, it depends on where in in your career you are. If you're just starting out, it can be you know anybody right mm -hmm. obviously as you get more senior and you you know it's a more focused position then you want somebody a little bit more higher up and more knowledgeable etc but excellent so i have my list as i always do because that's the ocd in me so the number one thing that bubbles to the top of my list is that when i talk to people you know the thing that i'm i am looking for is i'm i'm not looking for necessarily you know working in technology does not mean you need to code no disrespect to you guys because you guys can both code. You guys know I can't code, but I think just this this belief that you have to have you know uh, you know an engineering computer science you know really you know somebody that can kind of put the the lines of code together in order to kind of work in technology. And maybe that's not as true today as it was you know maybe just a few years ago. But there is kind of this. This belief, especially within, you know, kind of the, the product marketing, product management, certainly the, the engineering side, that there has to be some, you know, 101 level understanding of, of, of how to code. And, and, you know, what I what I, you know, think helps trump that is, you know, I, I will talk to people and I may not find somebody that that is strong in terms of the technology from just, a, you know, again, kind of the bits and bytes pieces but if you can find somebody that is more, you know, 
on the creative side, somebody that's a storyteller. I think you know today that's a that's a that's a commodity, right? Uh, I, I'm sorry, that's I didn't mean to say that. That is a hot, valued um, yes. commodity to find because you know there are a lot of really smart people that I that I work with, you know, within you know the company that I'm at as well as outside of the company, just everywhere that they are absolutely brilliant. But if you try to pull out of them, you know, what it is that they do and kind of understand, you know, what are some of the use cases and, and what are the reasons why it's hard. It's it, it's not easy for them. They're not wired to be able to, to kind of, you know, have that type of discussion. They, they, they'll focus on more of the how and, and, you know, what are the pieces that that put it together. But I love it when I talk to somebody that you know, doesn't really focus on the how. You need to kind of understand the how at, at a basic level, but it's really the why, right? What, why? Why does this exist? Why do people need this? You know, what is the problem that we're trying to solve? I worked for somebody years ago, and the one thing that he didn't quite literally beat it into me, but there were some certain <laughs> things were thrown at you. <laughs> you there were some there were some mental beatings along the way, but I mean. You know, it was a great opportunity to grow and to learn from somebody that was incredibly smart. But the the question that I that I always ask when when we're talking about anything and I and I don't understand what we're trying to do is I'll push back and, and I'll say, well, you know, what problem are we trying to solve? Yeah. And it's always interesting because sometimes, you know, the problem that they'll des describe is an internal problem. Hey, we're trying to sell this thing and people don't want it this the way they want this thing over here. The, well, that's our problem. That's not necessarily the problem. So, what is the actual user problem that that we're trying to solve? And and you see, people, some people are just wired to be able to naturally go in that direction, and and try and understand that and be curious as to why people do that versus other folks that that you know are really wrapped up in the technology and super smart and just you know, understand, you know, all of the protocols and the interconnects and all the things that you need to know about it. But then how do we take that and explain that to, you know, the rest of civilization? And that becomes a challenge. Does it though? Like, I, I think, I think coding is, is something that people latch onto a little bit because it's a little intimidating. But really, if, if you're, if you're applying for a job as an engineer in cloud or an AI and ML, absolutely, you need to code, right? <laughs> but beyond that, Soft skills and culture fit are king because those are the things you can't fix as easily yeah. as you can fix the ability yeah. to learn a technology. Yeah, I, I, I paraphrase something from my dad and I use it all the time is I want someone who can write and communicate because those are things I can't teach them. I can teach yeah. them about the technology. I can, you know, I can teach them to code poorly like I can. <laughs> like, yes. if you want someone who has Apple script, I can, I can teach you Apple script. <laughs> um, and Fortran. <laughs> um, one, one, of the, one, of the, one of the questions that I, I stole from but, you. But, but hold on, but my point is that those things are, you can teach, those things are learnable. You can give people a book. If the person is reasonably smart enough, they can pick those up at least to a moderate level, right? And particularly, you know, in ours where I'm technology adjacent, you know, I'm in, you know, on the marketing side. You know, I can teach people what they need to know or get them to a class on about storage, you know, I can, or, you know, whatever the product is, networking, etc. I can get them enough knowledge so they can be, they can add value, but I, but I can't teach them how to write. I can't teach them how to think. I can't teach them how to problem solve. And Scott, I, I totally agree with you as well as I, re, I use that mantra all the time. What are we trying to solve here? What's the problem we're trying to solve here? And, and so those are the, you know, it's, 
so to Midless's point, the soft skills are important because those are much, much longer developed and hard. And, and that's what differentiate candidates for me is, you know, if you can come in and give me something really nice written, um, there's, there's a candidate who we all know, I believe, um, the one who used to have the nose ring. Um, um, and, you know, and I, I, I can be approved at a time. And I was like, I looked at it, I was like, shoot, can't get me with a nose ring. Oh my God, right? Who shows up for a job, you know, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere in Massachusetts with a nose ring? Uh, and colored hair, by the way, too. So she was pushing it out there. And she came in, in and, I, and I'd ask. In a snowstorm. In a, a snowstorm, yeah. Yeah, yeah came, I remember that. Um, that wasn't the one I picked up in the snowstorm. Um, that was Aubrey, Aubrey. All right, keep going. And, you know, no so names. Aubrey came in. Oh, well, she came in and she. She, I asked some questions, you know, I asked the interview to prep some things that come in and be prepared to talk about this. She came in with a binder and I, I had asked her, you know, I said, I said, tell us how you would improve our social media strategy. She came in with a binder with examples and I was oh basically, gosh. oh, you're hired on the spot. Yes. <laughs> you know, it was, I was, it was almost, if it, like, it, I, I couldn't have loved it anymore unless it was a trapper keeper and then it would have been like, you know. <laughs> With a pencil oh, yeah. box. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exactly, awesome. Yeah. But um, I, I, and I blame all of our OCD on Trapper Keepers, by the way. But um, that that is a good point because, like, you know, any candidate that comes in and they bring a prop, it's like, okay, here we go. <laughs> like, tell us about the prop. What is this prop? What have you got? Why'd you bring it? You know, sell it, right? And, yeah. and again, it's yes. it's it's yeah, it's 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 shocking that you know people, you know, they they. They look at this as kind of an inspection, right? Where, okay, what have you done, and you know, why is your GPA this? And what, again, speaking mainly to um, more of the kind of the college re recruiting side of things. But, but what I wanted to say, Colin, I, I I stole something from you, and I don't know if you know this, but like one of the questions that I that I almost always ask is, I say, so you're you know you're stranded on an island and you only have one application, PowerPoint. Uh, Microsoft Word or Excel, which one are you taking with you? Because that right there, I mean, that that tells you a lot about the candidate, right? So, you know, obviously, if it's Excel, you know, you're very analytical, number cruncher, and you know, you're, everything's a fact. If you're PowerPoint, you know, you're trying to, you know, boil things down and kind of tell a story, and you know, there's good PowerPoints, there's bad PowerPoints. We all deal in this every day, but just know calling that but you say microsoft word that's like okay so you're not good here you're not good there you're kind of like in the middle so you're just going to write everything down okay good notes you're taking notes excellent right <laughs> but i i uh, and i know you stole that from somebody mm -hmm. um but yeah no that's a that's he a, should not be named he yeah so but that is a uh, that's a that's a solid question that i that i often go to I'm, I footnoting, still, I'm footnoting you officially on that now. I still use it all the time. I still use it all the time. And the other one I use is, by the way, is, um, uh, and again, I think you know, for people who are interviewing, be, look at behavioral style interview questions, understand what they are before you get them, um, and be prepared with some with some answers to them. Like I, I, the one I always ask is, you know, tell me about a time that you failed. Yep. And what and, and you know why you think you failed and what you learned from it. And I find that, you know, the number one thing that gets you disqualified from an interview with me is like, I really can't think of a time I failed or, you know, mm -hmm. something happened and the project went away, but it was like, it's never, you know, it does, you know, it could be anything. It could be, you know, ideally it's work related. You know, I mean, I had a guy who was doing QA for me one year, I, for interviewing for a QA job. And he got the, I mean, he, he had the best answer. He's like, I was actually working um, maintenance on an airplane. 
and you know and we were asked you know there was something we, we screwed up something and, and fixed it and we, we luckily we caught it before the the plane went out but he's like that still haunts me this day is that there was a chance that we could have sent a plane out with a bad piece and i was like for q8 you're ideal i want i want the guy who's going to be doing that you know right um, and so it's always you know so be prepared to come in and talk you know i don't need a stellar candidate because you know none of us are perfect right you know um and, and that's why you have a team is because we all complement each other and so i want to be able to know what your strengths are but i also want to know what your weaknesses are and that you can recognize them and aren't paralyzed by them and you can grow from them yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's something there's thing. something to be said about finding the wild card, right? Yeah. Where you bring somebody in and they're good and they're smart and they're motivated, but it's just like ooh, they're like different for whatever reason. Whether it's mm-hmm. you know they're showing up to an interview with no a nose ring and different color hair, or you know they they come in in a snowstorm and they take out a laptop. Uh, and they go to boot it, and they're running Linux as an operating system. Yes. Remember that yes, one? I remember right? that. Uh, well, and, that was that was a day. No, no, that, that's the day. So let's go. Let's go. Beep, beep, beep. Back this one up. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> that was the day. Is I get a call from Scott. It's like we have. It is snowing cats and dogs. There's like oh, two it's like, snow in the yeah, ground. Yeah, literally. Like, and I'm in my. I'm I'm staying at the Courtyard Marriott. Right. Um, near the office, and I'm in a because because I'm a fucking dumbass i'm in a rented charger oh <laughs> okay oh. i don't know why um they're fun they're fun yeah they're fun yeah exactly but in in, in the winter in massachusetts not to say the best um and scott says um cabs aren't running could you go pick the candidate up and bring her to the office so she wasn't staying at my hotel she was staying at the hotel down the street so i drove right. you know two miles three miles down to the hampton inn Turned around, picked her up, drove back to the office, fishtailing the entire way in this car. Uh, then I got there, and it was like five people. But she opened the laptop, and it was a Mac laptop, but it booted into. No, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't a Mac. It was a. It was a Windows because she. This was back before, you know, yeah. the Dell days where you know Mac was approved, and you know a lot of people at the time were were running um, Mac computers. Before we yeah. saw all the value in the great Dell te- technology, yeah. but this is a different time. Um, <laughs> but, Clean but your nose she, off, Scott. She, Clean your nose off. No, no, no. But she pulled out, and it was, and I remember it was, it was like a, an older Lenovo, and it? I remember sitting there going, "Wow, you run Windows? I would have never thought you run Windows. I would have figured, it? you know, instantly yeah. that you you would be somebody that was using a Mac." She and she's like, "No." She's Scott. like, "Windows? I would never run Windows." And she fires the thing up, and it's Linux. And we were like, "Okay, we're gonna make you an offer, <laughs> like now." No, she was great. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of good stories. I I really, you know, so, um, okay, so we'll get a little introspective here. So um, uh, last week I hit my, my 30 year, right, with uh, with EMC Dell, whatever it is. So I've been doing this for a long time. And the thing is, when you hit 30 years, you know you're not going to do another 30 years. So you know you're easily, you know, halfway through it, right? So at some point in time, you know, it, it's time to kind of, you know, move on, right? Um, but, but one of the things that I, that I love about, you know, talking to, especially, you know, newer folks that are coming in, you know, whether it's here or anywhere, just anybody looking to, to, to get started is just to be able to, you know, talk to them and figure out, okay, who are the people, right? Not just, you know, where I work, but anywhere, who are the ones that in, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now are going to be the ones that are making the decisions, right? Who's going to be running this place? Because the people that are doing it now are not going to be, you know, well, Melissa's way younger than the rest of us, but certainly Colin and I 
are not going to be female. I've got like a decade <laughs> left, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, no, nobody hires that profile. <laughs> but, but, but point being is, you know, when I, when I sit there and I talk to somebody, it's like, you know, is this, is this one of the people that will be, you know, making, you know, figuring this stuff out because, you know, at some point in time, and more importantly, so then once you bring them in or once you identify them, then how do you enable them to 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 do that and to do that in a in a in a you know in in a very positive way, right? So that's you know it's not the official job that I have, but it's definitely the thing that I one of the things that I that I have always enjoyed doing. I've been doing it for several years, but that's the biggest thing that I get excited about is being able to to take you know these these folks as they as they come in and kind of help them sort of, you know, figure it out. So that to me is, is always been you know, something that I like. Anyway, didn't mean to get introspective. Let's talk so, about wine. Everybody, cheers. Hold up your glass. Wait a minute. No, wait a minute. I'm going to take cheers to Scott for 30 years. Yes. Yes. Cheers. cheers. Okay. Cheers, thank Scott. you. All right. Now I feel better. <laughs> for surviving 30 years. Surviving. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Not just surviving. You're pretty much thriving, man. You yeah. get to do whatever yeah. you want. No, with and a, with... nobody messes with you, and you get like congratulation tweets from Michael Dell for crying well. Out. So <laughs> like, that's pretty big. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's been it's been fun. So anyway, yeah. But um, on to wine. <laughs> Back to the wine. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the other thing that I I tell folks, and this is you know the advice that I give them. To anybody, it's um, you know, you got to figure it out. Like, what do you want to do? Because do you do you want a job or do you want to work in technology? Right. That's one of the things that I always try and help people understand. Because if you're just looking for a job, you know, you can go work for an insurance. Co- like, well, I want to work with you know data analytics and I want to do you know ML and AI and all this stuff. All right, great. You know, there's a lot of places that you could go that aren't what you consider to be technology companies. Right. You could go an insurance company you could go to financial services you could do do all this stuff and work within it but you know where we are is this is like a hardcore technology this is what we do right so is this is this you know what you want to do are you wired do you have you know the curiosity to want to you know ask the questions and kind of understand you know what what are the problems that we're trying to solve why is this a why is this a, a thing um and you know it is, is that something that you want to learn more about, right? Um, because I always tell folks against, again, the newer folks that are coming in is that, you know, you're here, you're obviously bright, you obviously have a lot of potential and you're going to, you know, need to figure out, you know, what are the things that you like to do, but also what are the things that you don't like to do, right? Yeah. And, and that's, that's more, I always tell people that's actually more important particularly when you're early in your career is it's easier to focus on the things you don't like to do and cut those things out than it is to focus on what you like to do because there may be 10 things you enjoy doing at some different degree of things so but start to filter out the things you don't like to do right and be honest with yourself please like think think about where you actually spend your time and the things you actively avoid doing and and be honest with yourself in in what you naturally enjoy doing because i can't count the number of people that have come to me and they're like, I want to do this. And the perception they have of this thing is cool, but the individual tasks involved in doing this thing aren't things they're interested in doing. (laughs) And it's very important to kind of 
find your values early and be honest about them and then find something that fits those, yeah. right? Well, yeah, I think I, I, I reverse that a little bit and say, you know, find what, to your point, find what you like doing, you know, and then find something that uses those skills and capabilities, right? Because it's, it's like, you know, hey, to your point, like people say, oh, I want to, I, I, you know, I want to do marketing. It's like, okay, but do you like writing? Do you like, you know, PowerPoint? You like, you know, do you all like, you know, it's like, I like to eat cake, but I don't like to bake, you know? It's like, you know, it's right. like, right. like, it's like, like they, they just eat, consume the cake, but don't be a baker, right? You know, it's like, it's different. Don't get, just because you like the end product doesn't mean you like how the sausage is made. Get right, there, right. right. Yeah, like, exactly. I like to do marketing, but I like the rock star shit. Like, don't yeah. put me in revenue marketing. Don't, yeah. <laughs> don't put me in, in, in growth marketing. Like, right. like those numbers, people, bless their hearts. That's not my strength. <laughs> like, and there is, yeah, to your point, like, it's a big thing. There's so right. many different ways you can go about doing yep. something in technology or something right. in marketing yep. or something in um, even even IT infrastructure saying, I want to be a sysadmin. There's like 20 different jobs under that, yeah. like, or specialties under that. Yep. So, so start to get specific. <laughs> Yeah, but you guys, you guys make a, a a very good point, and it's a semantical point. I want to I want to make sure that I call that out. Or a semantic point. Sem semantic. Yes. Get him, Colin. Okay, sorry. All right. How's that? How's that clay bottle treating you? I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to now. Do they do they sell those on Amazon? Because that's what's coming next, right? Um, what was my point? So, so finding out what you want to do. That's the important thing because when people come in, I think that. You know, there's a there's I know you talk to a lot of candidates and there's there's a kind of a self-imposed expectation that they they need to know what they want to do. And it's like at this point, like if I'm in my early 20s and I'm looking for my I don't know. I, listen, I'm I'm um, I'm over 40. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> and uh, I don't necessarily. As are we all. Of, oh, actually, almost tomorrow. We, yeah. Almost. We, almost. We, we are all over 40 at this yes. point. And it's fine not to know what you want to do, but right. know what you like doing now. Yes. And but... know a couple things about what you want to do next. Right. Yeah. And, right. And your manager can help you. If you have yeah. a decent manager, they will help you with that path and they will help you identify your strengths. They will help you put you on a charter, but you have to have a sense of self. <laughs> yes. Just enough and, to kind of, to the, for, for the manager to kind of get yeah, a and, sense for yeah. how you are to, to develop, but also how they can best showcase your strengths. And the other thing is two things is to say, know, know, you know, to your point, know your sense of self, but also know your relative competitive advantage on your skills, right? Yeah. Like I said, I started out coding, right? I quickly learned that other people code much faster and much better than I do. Yes. I got same. out of coding. <laughs> I got out same. of coding Hard and, and, and went coding adjacent because I could understand, I could talk them. So I did, I did dev product management and or, or, or program management. And then I did product management and stuff around it because I could talk to them. I understood the basics of it, but I wasn't going to be a great coder and I was going to struggle and work hard and, and be a B minus C plus coder. So understand where you stand relative and figure out, Hey, I still like coding. I'll still goof around and do shit, you know, but I'm not going to do that for a living. It's not, you know, not, not what I want, you know, I don't want that struggle, but, you know, give me something to write or give me, you know, a story to tell your point, Scott, and that I could do, you know, till the cows come up. And so I found that there's parts where even though there's things I like doing, I'm not as good as others in them. And I'm, you know, I'll focus on some things that I like, that I, that I like doing and I'm better than others on. And that's sort of how my career took off. But like, you know, the second point is, 
you never know where it's going to go, right? You, right. you know, and to your point, Melissa, figure out what you're doing now, enjoy it, and then look for something adjacent and figure out what's going to come next. You know, people who have this say, I'm going to be doing X in 15 years. I'm like, the technology is going to change, the company's going to change, the world's going to change, you know, everything, you know, you know, it's, it's really, really hard for you to do that. I know what I want to do now. I know what I'm good at. I know things that are sort of what, what I always think of it as like, you know, stepping stones There are different stepping stones in different directions. And I can go in any one of these ways and I sort of focus on them. And I always want to have two or three different paths from where I am now and evaluate them and see what opportunities come up along one of those paths. Yeah. And that's, that's been mine. It's, it's swinging from rope to rope. Like when it, when a new rope comes up, you're like, ah, I can be brave and take that. I can try that. I've got enough transferable skills and I can try this new thing. And if I'm great at it, great. If I'm not, there's another rope around the corner. (laughs) Just, just keep moving through, through the, the jungle. And, you know, if you have that 15 year kind of projection, say I'm going to be a CEO and 15 years. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be running a company. That's that's my thing. That's fine to have that goal, but be flexible on your path to get there, yeah. right? I need to get this skill. I need to get that skill and just keep going, right? I like the swing from I like the swing from rope to rope because yeah, definitely been times where I've swung back and grabbed a different, different rope <laughs> yes. behind me. Same. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Doing financial modeling for business acquisition for for, for M&A. Did it not for 2 years, thing. but yeah. not my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's I actually like the work. I like the work. I, I like what I hated about that job was like, yeah, I like the end product. That's when I loved and I could actually do the work that got there. But I didn't realize that, you know, I hated the fact that you would do so many different proposals and none of them, you know, one in 10, if you're lucky, got approved. Yeah. And being a product guy where you were, you know, you, you, you love that rush to market with the product and you do that a couple times a year, having this where like, we build all this stuff, we're ready to go. And no. We're also ready to go. No, we're also ready to go. It just got to be frustrating, and I couldn't live with that. I I need that release into the market to to be able to you know validate myself. Like yeah, I it, it, so so you bring up a good point. So in, in so we talked about this a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things that I tell new people that are coming, especially on the product management side of things, is that you know the one of the things that you learn from experience is that not everything that you do and work on is going to be successful. Now, how you measure successful, there's, there's lots of ways. But there, there, are, there are a lot of things that you're going to do that are going to be good, and that's okay. There are a lot of things that are going to be kind of false starts. Um, and then every once in a while, you'll, you'll be fortunate enough to be able to be involved with something that, you know, really, really takes off, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the, what I tell them is that that's not a reflection on you because, like, if you know, all companies have to go in and they have to explore these different, you know, initiatives and they have to try these things out. And and there's no, you know, the, not not everything you do is going to be successful. And when that happens, what experience teaches you is to not look at that and say, well, you know, this failed and it was, you know, I could have did this. And I can, well, maybe, you know, you could have done, you could have worked twice as hard, right? And that may have not have changed the end result. So one of the things that you have to be able to do is, is Colin said this earlier, is detach yourself, right? Be able to become, you know, um, not so committed that if mm-hmm. you're going down a path that you ultimately realize is not going to be successful, then you have to figure, okay, well yeah. then what's our exit strategy? How do we yeah. get out of this? Right? Because yeah. again, a yeah. lot of these things are 
just not going to be home runs, yep. right? It's yeah, hard I learned that the super runs. hard way. Even sometimes when you hit a home run, politics, other things, it just goes south, and then and then you've kind of got to shake it off and pick up the pieces and go on. And sometimes, you know, you could screw up a million times, and and whatever you're on is still successful. <laughs> <laughs> and those and i i guess in the end maybe it balances out i don't know but um yeah. i hope it does <laughs> no i mean yeah i mean i mean it's got that right I, I always tell people to be clinical right you know when you're looking at clinical looking you know think about you're going in to assess a patient and what would you tell that patient right you know and you have to detach the other thing that the mistake that people make is like well i put so much work on it in the past, right? That's all a sunk cost, right? No, no. What does it have to take to go forward? How much effort is it going to take to, to actually fix it, solve it, make it successful? And, you know, compare that to what else you could be doing that could be successful with less effort, less time, you know, more reward, et cetera. And at, at some point in time, you have to end the suffering and you have to pull the plug. Plug, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I would say, yeah, put on yeah. the white coat, go in and say, is the patient going to live or not? And, you know, how much can we, can we you know, can we say, yeah, or the, the flip side, I, I, you know, I have, I have a set of rules for product marketing folks and the only one i always say is that is um is like 33 rules for product product marketers and i'll send it to you melissa it's i don't know if you read my please um, do yeah, you're not gonna send blog. it to me no don't you, send you, it. you have, it's on my blog i'll send it to you i'll send you it to you totally that's it? fun uh, okay. and, and some oh. of them you'll recognize the stuff i picked up from from people across the years i mean you know that some of them are original for me but my father or other other coaches mentors etc just sort of my accumulated wisdom and there's one in there which which is talks about this point and of course they all have little pithy headlines and the pithy headline for that is don't name the farm animals <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes you need to kill, 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 kill the kill goat, the pig, kill the chicken, kill the pig yeah. and eat it, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Don't name the farm animals. Yeah. yeah. And actually, that was a, I, I actually I came up with that phrase when I was coaching a young product manager um, who Scott knows, who we put on some mainframe. No, we put him on iSeries, <laughs> a goddamn iSeries product, and we were oh. pulling the plug on it. And he was like, "We spent the like it's, it's such a, it was like." We don't have the resources to make it successful, and I was like, "Dave, don't name the farm animals." And, there, yeah. There's always some external factors yeah. too. It's it's just something where we just gotta move on, right? Yeah. Um, but the other thing, so on, what can ahead. people what can people do wrong in their career? Let's flip it around. What are the thing, What are the pitfalls to avoid? Since we're since we're swinging from rope to rope, and I was thinking of video games, let's talk about pitfalls. Uh, yeah, the one that I that I am tuned into and aware of is they make decisions based on the things that impact what they're working on without considering the consequences of the ecosystem that sits around them, right? So, hey, we'll take this thing and we'll package it up and we'll do it like this. Well, that's great, but there's five other things that are already out there that do that. So while it would be cool to do it and it would be something that we can do, do we need to do it? And sometimes there's a blindness to, oh, no, 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 I work on this thing, so I want to take this thing and I want to make it do everything. Well, it isn't going to do everything well. It does a couple of things really well. You try and extend that out, then that becomes, you know, not just, it, it does, just doesn't, it, it dilutes dilutes the um, it dilutes the capabilities of the products that you're working on but it also impacts the other areas of the business because now you're going after and cannibalizing things that we didn't need to worry about because we already had coverage there. So that's one of the classic ones that, that I see is, you know, we're going to, we're going to take the hill and then we're all going up and it's like, no, no, we, 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 
we have that hill. Actually, we have a better hill. Let's just stay in the hill over there, right? We already have that hill. It's a good hill. You should come and visit the hill sometime. We have wine. It's a, just a beautiful view. It's <laughs> you know, we don't we don't need we don't need another hill because we we have yes, the hill. Run your race, <laughs> <laughs> but also don't rest on your laurels. <laughs> <laughs> which I would say is is something that I've seen a lot of people do, especially in that mid to senior level. Like people will be like, my body of work speaks for itself. And they'll go into an interview, all kind of sit back. And it's like, you have to sell me on, on taking this job. I don't have to sell you on me because my body of work is here or my product is this. And it's the most amazing thing. It's the whole no offense, Scott, but the whole VMware trap, right? <laughs> where, where they were amazing why, at what they why did. Why would that and offend me? they just me? kind of wrote it. Well, I mean, it's still a DT company. Okay. But they, they just kind of wrote it, right? And it's like, you have so much potential to just grow with yeah. the ecosystem. What happened? Yeah, I mean, it's, oh. it's, it's you know, it's as... Um... Janet Jackson said, what have you done for me lately, right? It's, you know, it's, exactly. it's, 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 you know, what are you going to do for me, right? And that's why you're in the job. It's like, you know, you're not there, you're not there to sort of, you, we are hiring you to change our growth trajectory and to move forward. And we're not hiring you to just, you know, move paper around a desk or be a professional meeting attender. And nobody wants that lazy person that's just going to be like, well, I'm good enough. And like, hmm. we want somebody that's going to hustle yeah. every time. Like, I'll pick a hustler over somebody that's yeah. like, prove it mm -hmm. <laughs> anytime so i'm gonna i'm gonna quote right i'm yeah. pointing to, i'm pointing to my poster of steve jobs here yes. the folks on the podcast can't see it stay <laughs> foolish stay hungry steve, yes right? always yeah, that's what he said stay foolish stay hungry always be hungry always be looking for the next thing the next challenge what you can do differently and be foolish be willing to to scott's point take risks and take chances and and you know and color outside the lines so I'll, 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 I'll counter your quote with my quote, which is John Lennon, be happy. What do you want to be when you grow up? Be happy. I don't want to grow up. <laughs> By the way, I, I did look, I did look for be happy t-shirts and uh, I couldn't find them. I have, oh. we all have be kind t-shirts, which by yeah. the way, I still wear. Um, but I couldn't find the be happy. So I'm, I'm working on that. That'll be the, uh, the next package. By the way, while we're here, how did you like? Let's. We got to wrap it up here. How did you like the um, uh, the the wine, the um, the Sauvignon Blanc with the um, tequila? Collins kind of. I have not opened it yet. It, oh, it, it came two. No, it came two days ago. I'm gonna have it this weekend. Okay. Um, I just had a. Frick, it, it it came like Monday or Tuesday. It, uh, it, and I've had a. But yeah, it came Monday. It came Monday. I had a busy weekend. And I was wrecked on Monday. I was wrecked. I had no energy and I wasn't drinking and I was just like barely getting through the day. And of course, I was hoarse and I had a product launch on Tuesday morning. So I'm doing all these press and analyst briefings, like croaking through them. And so at the end of Monday, I was like, I'm just going to bed. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah, That's yeah. fair, given the, the weekend you had, especially. I, yeah. I did drink it this weekend. And, oh. and Scott, bless your heart. Was it good? Um, it tasted like gasoline. Really? Oh, oh. <laughs> I love you. I love tequila. <laughs> it tasted like gasoline. <laughs> really? Okay. It, well, I so I'll agree with you know this isn't something like well I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna have you know um, you know some scallops or some whatever. It's like not the thing that you would pair with that. So it's definitely an odd pairing, but it was different. So it was different. It was fun, but oh. Did you dump the bottle out? Or did you at least finish it? <laughs> 
No comment. <laughs> no comment on what I did because it's not gonna sound good. All right, all right. So not. Well, to I'll, I'll be the I'll be the tiebreaker when I drink it this week, and I'll let. Well, you, yes, the, 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 the well's been poisoned now. You already have. No, you have a good. But, okay, all right, all right. No, you liked it. She didn't. So fifty-fifty. Let me. That's fine. I'm not, I'm That's fine. It's way. okay to disagree. Even though she has a he... better hair color than you, Scott, today doesn't mean <laughs> I'm gonna take her side. Yeah. yeah. True. True. The hair color is. And, and it thing. is her birthday tomorrow. Like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes. Twenty-eight, feeling great. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are funny. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So, all right, we're we're at that point where we gotta we gotta wrap this up. So, um, this is episode eleven. So we've made it through eleven. We've got episode twelve next. I don't know where that puts us on the Star Trek trajectory. That puts us tied. Tied. For okay. Trek all right. So this is it. So we so Melissa gets to tie um uh, storage um uh, storage deck. Star Trek. Wow. Um, so, Melissa, two questions. What are we drinking and what are we talking about? So this one is going to be a bit of fun. Oh, boy. You put you put you thought. Have... Did, how long? Have, so wait a minute. Before we even get into this, how much thought did you put into this? Have you been like, like. How long have you been thinking about this for? Just a little bit of time. So, okay. so I had two kind of tech topics, but I, I like the idea of kind of unifying the wine with the technology. Okay. So, so for the wine, you need to take a recommendation from a friend on a wine. Can that friend be, that can that friend you, be Colin? No. <laughs> it could be, but um, it has to be a friend that knows you, but n- doesn't know whether or not you've tried this specific wine. Just whatever they, they suggest you drink, you drink. Um, and with that, something, the perception of that friend that you have, something that you would never buy them because you would assume they already have it. That's the technology. So to give you an example, I was talking to a coworker who wanted to buy, um, or actually gifted, um, a fellow coworker who is a known wine enthusiast, um, some very kind of cool wine gadgets right and i'm like i would never have done that because i would assume he already had them and of course the punchline was he did already have them (laughs) so so then it was like oh so so it's 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 kind of one of those things where where um i want you to kind of think about the person that you're taking the wine recommendation from and then go i would assume they already have this technology and kind of review that technology whatever it is okay so it has, to be, it has to be tech associated with the person that we're taking the recommendation from. Yes. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. That is interesting. Okay. Well, that's open to interpretation, which I like because then, um, you know, we'll we'll it should figure. Should be a fun varietal kind of show. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. No, how, that's... how well do they know you? How well do you know them? Let's, okay. Let's play with that a little bit. Okay, I like it. I like it. All right. So we've. Uh, we've Can, are we allowed? Lot. Are we allowed to reach out to the same person? Yeah, if you want to. Okay. Well, I mean, we have some overlap. I overlaps. have no idea. <laughs> I, know. I know who I thought of first, but I was like, oh, Melissa might reach out to her as well. Maybe. Like, go for it. Yeah, we can reach Let's out go. to the same people. Is this, uh, is this, is this person Colorado-based by any chance? Correct, yes. Okay, all right. So maybe I'm going to get to her first, matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? That should so be the like, episode. Y'all are we crazy. should we should we should like independently go to her and be like, yeah. "Hey, listen, we we each need that would be good. We'd have another follower for the show. That'd be fun. 
Um, okay. All right. So we're 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 very close to the end here. Okay. So the the uh, the next episode we are going to get recommendations from uh, from somebody, and that somebody can be the same across um, all three of us. And we're going to discuss what are the technology items that you would get them, but you probably assume that that person already has. Yeah. That that could be pretty cool. So excellent. So episode eleven. We are wrapping up. Guys, great conversation. I, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy me a six-pack of Pinot Grigio next time I'm out there. And I'm going to put it in a Bud oh. Light <laughs> wrapper on the can. Koozie. So people think yes. I'm, yeah, I'm going to get a Bud Light koozie so they won't know that I'm drinking uh, Pinot out of a can. Good stuff, though. Good stuff. Okay. So we've learned a lot. This has been great. Um, um, we're, we're running out of time, so I, I guess that's it. Any Any final thoughts? No, just thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank yep. you. Happy uh, uh, in advance. Happy uh, birthday to uh, to Melissa. Uh, thank Colin you. already had his birthday. I don't have happy birthdays birthday. anymore. I've I've given up on those. So I liar. I no longer <laughs> I no longer I no longer count the rotations of the Earth around the Sun anymore. It doesn't matter. Let's just say I'm I'm over forty and I'm sticking with that. So when people ask. I like those survey questions when they ask how old you are. And it's like, yeah, I'm over 40. That works. Okay. All right. So that's it. Um, peace out, everybody. Colin, Melissa, a lot of fun as always. And we will talk to everybody in the next episode. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you soon.